Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Givewell Church. Glad that you're here. My name is Hunter Upton. I am one of the pastors here at our South Haven campus. Uh, delighted that you joined us for worship this morning, especially if you're our guest. We're glad that you are here uh, as well. Uh, this morning, we're in our second week of our message series called When We Pray. And uh, we are looking at what Jesus shares in the Sermon on the Mount in a section that most of us know as the Lord's Prayer. Now, Jesus, he's on this hillside, and he begins to teach the crowd that's there, and he teaches them this in Matthew chapter 6. He says, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we, have, as, also, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Now last week, Pastor Jonathan uh, showed us this first part of the prayer here. Uh, and how it is key for us to understand that to begin all of this in our posture of prayer. Is that when, uh, this, when our prayers begin to take on this tone of your kingdom come, your will be done. What happens is it brings us to a place of total surrender to God. Uh, and, and it's not our kingdom, it's not our will that we wish to see accomplished, but instead it's that of God, our Heavenly Father, and that's what we want to see. And today what we're going to do is focus on the next part of the prayer here in verse 11 that says, give us today our daily bread. Now before though, we dive into this verse. Let's recap. Uh, last week, Pastor Jonathan shared with us what happens when we pray. And there are four things that we see that happen when we pray. So what happens is that prayer opens us up to God. All right. Uh, too often we, we find ourselves closed off and isolated. But what we do when we come to prayer is that we open ourselves up for God. It connects us to God. It connects us to someone greater than ourselves who has all power, all authority, who is God in heaven, right? Uh, the third thing that happens when we pray is that prayer changes us. And we're going to focus in on some of this today. Uh, but every time we come to prayer, it begins to change us. And the fourth thing that we find is that prayer brings God's action. It's not about manipulation. We don't manipulate God by praying to him. But what happens is whenever we ask God to move, when we ask for him to do these things, and it lines up with his will, God begins to move. And so we can begin to see and experience God's action in that. And so in this model that we find in Matthew chapter 6 that Jesus has given us, we find something very life-changing uh, that happens when we pray. And it doesn't just affect us, but affects those around us as well. So prayer, it's, it's personal, it's intimate, it's wonderful in all the ways. It's, it's just simply a conversation between you and God. And one of our greatest desires uh, of his is that we would spend time with him by just talking to him. And when we take on this practice, whenever this becomes a rhythm in our lives, something happens that's greater than anything that we can find in this world. It's a sweet, a life-giving a direction-setting communion that we have with God whenever we go to him in prayer. He's the one who created us. He's the one who empowers us and sustains us. And so this prayer today that we're focusing on, this give us today our daily bread, it's a prayer for provision. 
And at the simplest definition, a, a provision is something that's needed, right? It's, it's providing something that's needed. In our case, whenever we come to God in prayer, asking for provision, it's a supply of what we need today. It's what we need that's sufficient for today, whether that's food or drink or clothing or anything else. And uh, it's interesting to me that Jesus added the word daily in there, right? Today. It's a daily thing that we go to God for. It's not give us our bread for our entire life. Like a lot of us kind of ask for those kind of things. Give me, give me all the direction, right? I want to know exactly where I'm headed. For a lot of us, it probably is a good thing we don't know exactly where we're headed, right? Uh, he's telling us, just be faithful in this next step. And sometimes we want to even say, okay, well, if not our whole life, God, just give us my bread for this week so I know that I'm set and, you know, we can make it till next Sunday when we have to go buy groceries again. No, it's today. Give us today our daily bread. It's a prayer about what we need that's sufficient for today. Now, I don't know about you, but have you ever had a need? I think that for a lot of us, especially in this room, uh, we think that we've had some needs, right? Um, there are plenty of things that I think that I need, but I don't think that many of us have truly ever known what it really means to be uh, in need. I think that we've got our, our, anything that we could possibly want, we can go and get, right? Clothing, check. All of you are clothed. Thank goodness, right? Um, I have a feeling unless you decided not to eat this morning, you probably had something to eat, right? You probably slept with a roof over your head last night. There's so many things you got here this morning, all right? So you've got transportation. There's so many things that we can check the boxes of that we have been able to supply of our need, right? We have the money and the ability and the resources to be able to do that. I think that we think we have needs. I think about whenever I was younger, I needed, y'all, I was going to die if I did not get that Game Boy Color whenever it came out to play my Pokemon game on, okay? Like, I was going to die if that did not happen. Just last week, there was that one thing on Amazon that was on sale, hello, right? Y'all, I didn't need that, though. I don't need one more thing to just throw into the pile of stuff in my house, right? Now, think about how often in my past there's been that promotion that I've wanted. Why? More money, more significance, more uh, responsibility, if you will. But here's the thing. At what expense was that going to come to my family or to my, my spiritual and mental health? What I want us to do this morning is to look at Hannah. Uh, she's in the Bible. Uh, and she had all of her needs met except for one need. And that need was a child. See, Hannah was one of the two wives of Elkanah. Uh, and uh, his other wife, Peninnah, she was able to have children. She had plenty of children, but here's Hannah, barren, unable to have children. And so Hannah's story begins uh, before Samuel is ever on the scene. But Peninnah, what she did was she was not a very nice uh, uh, woman. She really provoked uh, Hannah in the fact that she didn't have kids. She irritated her. Uh, we're going to read the text in a minute, and it's, it's even this idea of vexation. Like, man, that's some intense uh, kind of jabbing, right? But one year what happened is, is that Hannah and Elkanah, they traveled to Shiloh where the tabernacle was. And at the tabernacle, uh, Hannah begins to pray with great anguish and tears for God to provide for her a child. So if you've got a Bible, go ahead and turn with me. We'll be in 1 Samuel chapter 1. Uh, it's in the Old Testament right after Ruth. Uh, but 1 Samuel 
And it's before 2 Samuel. Uh, but anyway, so, sorry. But Hannah prayed, okay? Uh, and before we pick up, we'll be in verse 12. But before we get there, in verse 11, she prayed this. She said, Lord Almighty, if you will only look on your servant's misery and remember me, and forget not your servant, but give her a son. Then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life, and no razor will ever be used on his head. You see, Hannah's desire, Hannah's great need was out of desperation. And here's the thing is she wasn't going to give up. She was going to keep going to the Lord over and over and over, asking him to make a way. And even in her desire for a child, I, I believe that Hannah knew that God wanted to do something through her offspring. How different would it be if we prayed and thought that, right? That God wanted to do something through what he supplied to us. See, at the time of Israel's history, uh, I don't think they knew it yet, uh, but they were about to come out of the period known as the Judges, 400 plus years of absolute misery because God's people continually over and over again failed to do what God had called them to do. They decided to live their own way. They did whatever was right in their own eyes. And so for over 400 years, God's people had been so far from what they had called, were called and created to be. Over 400 years of God's people not living into those promises that God had made and that he wanted to give them. And yet they were choosing to live differently. God was ready to do something new. God was ready to do something new. And because of this, I believe that Hannah wanted to dedicate her son to the Lord, to make an impact for God, an impact for God's people, and boy, would he, right? That's uh, what we find in the prophet Samuel. But Hannah, she's still barren, and so she seeks the Lord. Let's pick up in verse 12. First Samuel chapter 1, verse 12. As she continued praying before the Lord, Eli, the priest, observed her mouth. Hannah was speaking in her heart. Only her lips moved and her voice was not heard. Therefore, Eli took her to be a drunken woman. And Eli said to her, how long will you go on being drunk? Put your wine away from you. But Hannah answered, no, my Lord, I am a woman troubled in spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but I've been pouring out my soul before the Lord. Do not regard your servant as a worthless woman, for all along I have been speaking out of my great anxiety and vexation. Then Eli answered, go in peace. And the God of Israel grant your, position, your petition that you have made to him. And she, and she said, let your servant find favor in your eyes. Then the woman went her way and ate, and her face was no longer sad. They rose early in the morning and worshiped the, before the Lord. Then they went back to their house at Ramah. And Elkanah knew Hannah, his wife, and the Lord remembered her. And in due time, Hannah conceived and bore a son, and she called his name Samuel, for she said, I have asked for him from the Lord. You see, Hannah's need matched up with God's will and his heart because she had already surrendered herself to him. I think Hannah was living out the Lord's prayer even before the Lord gave his prayer she was surrendered to God in every bit. She desired to be in step with God. Uh, even if she didn't know if, how he was going to provide for her a, a son. But she was sure. She prayed that he would. She trusted that God would provide. 
And even if she was to give up her son, she, she prayed that even in that, that he would continue to provide again and again and again because he was a good and a giving God. And I can't help but, but think about Hannah praying day after day with that great and fervent prayer, thinking about the stories of old, thinking about Abraham on the mountain, God telling him, it's time for you to sacrifice your son. And in his obedience, he goes, but what does God do? He says, wait. And he provides for Abraham a ram in Isaac's place. He named that place the Lord provides. I think about the, you know, the story that would have been in her mind of the Israelites, the Hebrew people coming out of slavery in Egypt by God's mighty hand, all to find themselves in the desert and wondering how in the world, where in the world are we going to find food? Grumbling against the Lord, and what does he do? In his goodness, the Lord provides manna and sustenance for them day after day after day to sustain them as they go on that journey. Now think about the book that comes right before we find 1 Samuel in the story of Ruth. She's lost her husband. There's a famine in the land. What is she going to do? And yet she follows in her faithfulness to a land that's not her own and she finds a husband and life there because the Lord provides. I don't want you to miss this. Is that God is the great provider who loves giving good gifts. Friends, he is the great provider and he loves giving good gifts to his children. Ian Bounds was a Methodist preacher who wrote extensively on prayer. I I love almost everything uh, that he's written on prayer. And he wrote this, he said, prayer is God's plan to supply man's great and continuous need with God's great and continuous abundance. See, Eli had witnessed Hannah praying intensely, and the Hebrew there carries this sense of, it was kind of like a multiplied prayer. I think about how often, man, that's kind of convicting, right? Uh, Whenever I go to God, God, I ask you once, can you please just give, okay. A multiplied prayer. It was fervent prayer. She was persistently praying to our God, who she knew to be good, and she knew that God would supply her need. And God in his great and continuous abundance, he did that. He provided because it brings God great joy to give good gifts to those who seek and ask of him. What we find a few verses later in 1 Samuel chapter 1 is that once Samuel's a little bit older, Hannah and Samuel travel to Shiloh and they take a sacrifice with him. And after the sacrifice was offered, Hannah presented this young Samuel to Eli And she said this in verses 27 and 28. She said, I prayed for this child, and the Lord has granted me what I asked of him. So now I give him to the Lord for his whole life. He shall be given over to the Lord. Samuel goes on to devote himself, his entire life to the Lord, an instrument of God, uh, to bring uh, into the era of the kingdom uh, of God, where we saw three rulers reign in this unified kingdom of Israel. He anointed both Saul and David as kings. And, you know, I wonder what would have happened if Hannah would not have been persistent in prayer? What, what would have happened? What if she would not have, have pleaded and asked God to provide? And the truth is, yes, God in his plan and the way that he is, he, he makes it work out. 
all right? Even if, if we don't seem to always want to cooperate, but he loves it when we seek his face. He loves it and he desires for us to play a part in the role that he has for us. God wants to share his love and his gifts with us, and we just got to ask him. And so when we begin to incorporate this prayer, give us today our daily bread, it causes a really great shift in our lives, okay? Uh, and this is all because we, we come to this posture of prayer and petition of provision. And so the first great shift uh, that we find is it, it makes a shift in our dependence. I think the greatest difference between uh, Hannah and us today is that Hannah was dependent on God for everything, for everything. Uh, we're dependent on ourselves. In 2023, uh, DeSoto County, uh, we think that we can provide everything that we possibly need, right? Uh, we've got good jobs. We have every resource. Y'all, we're within driving distance of pretty much anything that we could ever need uh, is around here. What do we lack? I don't know, and that, that's, that's sometimes hard. But what we have to realize is that we don't provide anything for ourselves on our own. It doesn't come from us. Yes, we use our hands. Yes, we use our minds. Yes, we, we have these things that we've worked for, but it's not because of us. It's because of God. It's because all that we have has been given to us as a gift from God. Your giftings, your ability, the, the fact that you're able to work with your hands, the fact that you have a job, the fact that whoever you have a job with pays you is all a gift from God. Every bit of it. When we pray in this posture of give us today our daily bread, it shifts our dependence from ourselves and our own ability to seeing where our true source comes from. God. It's God. It places him as the one, his rightful place as the one who provides for our every need. Hannah knew that she couldn't do anything other than be faithful, to go to the one who provided everything, to seek him, to seek his will in prayer. She depended on him. She surrendered to him. James writes this in James chapter 4. He says, you desire but do not have, so you kill you covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with the wrong motives, that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. I think that pretty much sums up our society, right? Uh, too often we, we don't wait on God, and instead we try to get it on our own. But what I want to push us on, especially in this first point, is that I want us to shift our, our thinking, to shift our dependency, not on ourselves, but to be like Hannah and to realize that all of this has to come from God and depend on him. And so let's let this be a shift. Give us the daily bread, a shift in our dependence. The second great shift that has to happen is this. It's a shift in our mind. How we view where our provision comes from, it's a matter of a mind. Uh, if we think that it's dependent on us and our own effort, then we're out of line with God's truth. And goodness, here's the thing. Doesn't this take a lot of weight off? All of our stress and our worry, what we, what we spend all of our time eat up about whenever we realize that all of this comes from God? It's not dependent on us. It's, it's dependent on God. It's a gift from him. It's all in his hands. 
man, we need this shift because what it does is it frees up our minds. It frees up our, our spirit to instead focus on the things that God has called us to today. Not to be worrying about what's going to happen or how this is all going to play out, but instead, God, today, you've got this. I'm asking you for it. And I know that you're going to provide because you are good. So no matter what the circumstance, no matter what we face in the future, we, when we come to this posture of give us today our daily bread, it shifts our mind. It helps us to think and to view and to see that God is in control of it all, giving us all what we need today. Now, the third great shift that happens is the shift in our heart. When we pray this type of prayer, it changes our heart. And here's the thing is I think all prayer changes our heart. It's not even just this prayer, but all of prayer changes our heart. So instead of pursuing the things that, that we desire or worrying about how all this is going to work out or thinking how, how are we going to do all of this on our own, our hearts find contentment and joy in Jesus. It's not rooted in things of this world, but it's rooted in the one who is joy, who was content. And it's from that that, that we, we cease striving and we can come and we can be in a place that actually enjoys life because we realize where our provision comes from. With this prayer, all we're asked for is for what is necessary, what's sufficient for today. And this heart shift that happens, it, can, it causes us to be happy with what we have. We can focus on the good things. We're hopeful for what God will do in the future. And none of it is rooted in ourselves and our feelings, but it's rooted in Christ alone. And finally, the fourth shift that has to happen is it gives us a shift in our hands and feet. And what this means is what our hands do and where our feet go are directed by God instead of ourselves. Everything that we accomplish or want to accomplish everywhere we find ourselves or we want to uh, go begin more and more to be in line with God and his will and his mission. And this shift is not just our hands and our feet, but also our wallets and our calendars. Friends, this, this is an all-encompassing kind of shift that happens in our lives. This prayer, it causes us to give everything that we have to God because he's the one who's given it to us. Hannah was given a son who she in turn gave back to the Lord, right? Who then, what did he do? He did mighty things through that man who then, in turn, he continues to give good gifts to Hannah, who continues to give back to God. It's a posture, it's a thing, it's a shift that happens in our lives as we come to God for this prayer of provision. And we give back to God because we know that everything that we have is just a gift from him that he wants to use. So we've got to realize that our utter dependence is upon God, it's not just for the big stuff, or, but it's even just for our daily bread. We can't even live a day without him. Nothing in this world will continue to be sustained if it's not kept by God alone. So this prayer is a reminder for us that our days, our time, our health, our very existence, all of this is in his hands. Our food and all the necessary things that we, that we need, they all come from him and we're dependent upon his grace and his mercy for them. 
came across this quote this week that put it this way. The God who made heaven and earth and orders the stars in their courses likes to hear our lisping praises, likes to hear our petitions. That is because God is love. And that is why that he knows all about all of our needs. And it gives him great pleasure, if we can so put it, when he sees us coming to ask him for our daily bread. So where do we begin with this prayer of provision? Where do we begin? I'm going to give you four steps that I think help set us up in this prayer. The first is this, is that you have to thank God for what you have. Thank God for what you have. Just taking time to, to think about what you have to be grateful for is a great starting place in this transformative posture of prayer. I think too often we dwell on what? What we don't have, right? Like, God, I don't have this, I don't have that, I don't know. And we forget to look around and to be grateful for what we do have. Now think about how different our asks would be of God if we began with gratitude for what we have. And here's the thing, like Hannah, she stops and she thanks God. Thank you for providing for me. You, you remembered your servant. Friends, thanking him is also looking back and saying, God, you have, you have given me provision in this and seen us through in this. Thank you. And because you've done it once, I know you'll do it again. Thank him. Thank him. The second way of praying for provision is earnestly ask God for what you think you need. See, here's the thing is a lot of times, and just like James told us a, a few minutes ago, we have not because we ask not. Uh, don't let pride be in the way. He, he is your God who wants to hear from you, who longs and desires for you to talk to him. He wants to give good things to you. And this isn't a prosperity gospel kind of thing. This is God's very own heart is that he loves you. And he wants you to surrender to him and he wants you to come to him and depend on him. So whatever it is that you think you need, ask him. Ask him. The Bible talks about that over and over again, and it talks about asking it with faith. We have a God who wants to hear our prayers, and he patiently listens, and he immediately moves to action. So why would we not go to him? Why would we assume that he doesn't want to act in that way? Go to him. If anyone's able to, to hear it and do something about it, it's God, right? Another Ian e. Bounds quote that I really like. Our praying needs to be pressed and pursued with an energy that never tires, a persistency that will not be denied, and a courage that never fails. When you're in that moment and you're not sure, God, I don't know, I feel like I keep asking and asking and asking, remember Hannah. Remember Hannah who did just that modeling for us this ask. The third step of praying provision is to seek God's will and wisdom above your own. It's part of the shift that takes place as we pray this prayer, as we seek to be in step with him, not ahead of him and not behind him, but right in step with him. God can be trusted to know what's best for us. I mean, y'all, he created us, right? Surely he knows. And often as we seek his will and wisdom, he corrects our misdirection, our misalignment that often happens along the way. 
but we just need to be faithful. We just need to seek him. And finally, the fourth step is to rest in his peace while you wait. You know, I, I think about how often we read the Bible and we have these words and you can flip uh, page to page and hundreds of years pass <laughs> between pages. And how often in our instant gratification culture, what do we do? We want the answer right now. For some things that we ask, we may not see the side of eternity. But God still asks us to, to ask, still desires for us to seek. And we can rest in him, rest in him, knowing that it's out of our hands and it's all in his he can handle it, and he is handling it, whatever it is. Unlike the other idols of this world, we don't have to worry. We don't have to fret. We don't have to try to accomplish it on our own. Our God has it, and he's at work. See, friends, we can approach prayer in this posture by praying for provision because Jesus Christ gave his life for us. He went to the cross for us. He makes the way. He reconciles us before a holy God, very unholy people. And it's his righteousness that he imparts on us that gives us the ability to come before God. Hebrews talks about we can boldly approach the throne of grace in our time of need. The veil has been torn. We're able to enter in. The God who created you, the God who loves you, desires to hear from you, desires to give good gifts to you. What is it that you need today? We're about to have a moment of prayer, a moment of extended response. And that's why the room, if you came in today and you're like, man, this room looks a little different than usual. I didn't know we were taking communion. Well, we're not. But we want to spend time seeking God. And so there are prayer rails set up. There's some up front, some in the center, and there's a few in the back. But I want to invite you, as we enter into this time, we're going to sing two songs. During those two songs, spend as much time as you need seeking God's face. Friends, he, he is a God who wants to give us our daily bread. He desires for us to talk to him, to ask him. But let's let that prayer mold us. As we thank him, we ask him, we seek him, we rest in him. And so you can come, you can pray, you can kneel, you can kneel in your seats. You can grab a friend. We'll have some prayer partners. They'll be at the front and middle rails. You can motion them over. Otherwise, you're welcome to just spend as much time praying as you, you desire. But let's seek God's face. God, give us today our daily bread, right? I want to leave with this. I'm going to go ahead and ask you to stand. I'm going to have the band come on out. And I came across this prayer this week that I think is a great prayer for us as we, we pray for God's provision. So I'm just going to pray it over us, and then we're going to enter into this time of, of prayer and worship. So let's pray. Lord, I worry, I fret. Circumstances seem to say this is hopeless. God can't come through. Yet I trust in your word. I cling to your character. You are the Lord who provides. That provision doesn't always come the way I expected or when I expect it. 
and yet you keep your promises. Help me to seek you first, not what I want, not even to seek what I think I need, just seek you, seek your face and leave all my worries and plans, my fears for the future and my doubts at your feet. Thank you in advance for caring for me with faithful love and abundant compassion. In Jesus' name, amen.